Hey, welcome to the Monkey House Primates. So, thanks so much. I've asked around here to quickly uh, let you all know that we're in Sydney. We're about to be in Brisbane. So uh, very quick stop in Sydney. We're just here for a few nights. So come and see us. And then what are we doing? We're going up to Brisbane. We're going to do a Who Knew It with Matt Stewart at Good Chat. And we're also doing a couple of Dryer Dryers, our comedy festival show. It's the last run of the whole tour. So come on down, Brisbane. That's right. And in Sydney, we're at the Manning Bar and at the Chippo for the Who Knew It. Really pumped up. Hopefully see you all there. Uh, now on with the show. Ook, ook. What is that what the monkey say? Yeah, ooga cha cha. <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Welcome to Primates, the podcast about primates and popular culture from chimpanzee all the way down to chimpanzee. This week I'm joined by two very special guests, as have been joining me the last couple of weeks. <laughs> it's Jess Perkins and Mr. David Warnicky. Hello. It's almost like you have no other friends. Hey, that's not true. <laughs> Name two other friends you have. Um, uh, Amy Painting and Greg Light bulb. Oh, hmm. okay. I've, I've met them actually. Yeah, they were very nice. Yeah, Real. Greg was lovely. And know how to party too. Yeah, I called him Mister Light Bulb, and he said, "Please, Mister Light Bulb was my uncle." <laughs> oh. <laughs> Call me Greg. Yeah, his his uncle had a big um big company. They made fertilizer. <laughs> cool. Uh, we're in London. It's our last day of our of our two and a half week tour of the UK. So it's a bittersweet symphony going on over here. Yeah. Um, this apartment that we're in is so swish. Matt, do you have socks on right now? No socks. Can you feel how warm the floor is? It's a warm floor. I, oh, is it heated? I don't know. Or it could just be heat from downstairs. It must be heated because I got some uh, socks out of my suitcase the other day, which was lying on the floor, and they were hot, and I started thinking, why is my suitcase warm? Yeah. What's happening to my suitcase? Heated floors. Yeah, That's it's a nice touch. Like, I am snuggly. Yeah, this place is a palace. How, yeah, yeah yeah, there must be electric heating under the the floor panels. Well, as a here. former yeah, because I mean, salesperson it, of heating products, it, you a, would know it's a really old building, so they would definitely wouldn't have designed that in. Yeah. in the build, it's not in the slab or anything. But there's so no like be, a those classic white radiators that you get in most. That is true too. That's true. Yeah. That is true. Well, what a fascinating start and a new segment we're doing. What's heating your house? <laughs> and uh, mine's love. Yeah. And I can't, my power's turned off. I didn't pay my bill, so. All right. Yeah, it's a lot of candles and hugs. <laughs> it's love and three or four jumpers. Yeah, it's nice. We, we've had such a good time over here. We did two shows in London yesterday, which were both so much fun. Amazing. On our podcast, Do Go On. So is... good. To, we finished with a really big show and I feel like we went out with a bang and it was just awesome. 
But I think I enjoyed every every single show. Oh, for sure. And uh, I already can't wait to come back and do it all again. And potentially we're uh, probably going to America next year, which should be so much fun. And I would really be hoping to do a live Primates in mm. maybe Gary, Indiana or somewhere. Bloody hell, that would be a dream come true. Anyhow, uh, last the last couple of weeks' episodes were both about... Ace Ventura, the original, and also the sequel. I'm mm. looking forward to talking about the third film today. Uh, Ace Ventura <laughs> Jr., a pet detective. Yeah, we're not, we're not going to do that, Dave. Um, we broke too many hearts talking about Ace Ventura over yeah. the last couple of weeks. I've never got more feedback on a particular topic than this. And there are a few Ace heads out there who didn't like our... our um, probably like warmish, I'd say... I mean, I quite liked both movies. I just didn't love them... Like I did as a kid. Yeah. Yeah, we had a few ace heads that didn't want to face reality, I think. <laughs> no, look, you know, everyone, you feel free to love what you love. Isn't that, that's a beautiful sentiment. So the reality of the fact that I didn't love it, I mean. Oh, sure. I also, I've, <laughs> I've never been tweeted more than I have on one topic than I was about a reference, a throwaway line in the sequel. Yeah. Uh, which... Which I didn't realize. I knew it was William Shatner, but I wasn't sure where it was. But it was from a 1960s episode of... Uh, <laughs> Even you saying that makes me laugh. <laughs> the was, Twilight the Zone. The Twilight Zone. But also you said that it was Shatner. You yeah. said that on I was, the podcast. I was assuming that meant that it was... It was All I knew that he would, had done was um, Star Trek and also Boston Legal. So And I was pretty sure it wasn't Boston Legal. Well, you never know. Because Boston Legal came out after that movie, but... Um, and Star Trek didn't have wings And the line was There's something on the wing yeah. like <laughs> Which was, you know I'd, Looking back It is, even though it, it doesn't really make any sense In the context I have since been told That in America If you're on a plane And you've got the window seat You have to say that That's like a, a required joke I imagine that these days You would be taken from that plane <laughs> And interrogated for many, many hours Yeah it's The world isn't the same as it was back in the 60s. That's true. It was or a even the 90s. Time. It was a different time. Or even yesterday. The world, that's how time works. That is true. The world has changed. But I don't think it changed any more than uh, pre to post 9-11. Mm. That day, there was a seismic shift in culture and, uh, you know, just my own sensibilities. Uh, that morning, I went to school a boy. That day, I got home a man. Yeah. Um, it was my 18th birthday. Um, <laughs> that's not true. Anyway, this week, we are talking about... Uh, a classic episode of The Simpsons. Dave, you've chosen this one. Um, you wanted to go back into your forte. We've done, already done two previous Primates episodes about Simpsons episodes. This one, Dave, what, what, what have you picked for us today? Uh, we have picked uh, Treehouse of Horror, which is their annual series of Halloween specials. And we've gone with the third volume, which is part of season four of the show. Season four, episode five, originally aired in October 1992. Uh, in a very similar era to the Ace Ventura films. Uh, it was directed by Carlos Beza, who directed eight other episodes, including classics like Deep Space Homer. Oh, one of the best. So he's... Oh, yeah. Watch out for the chips. They're he, had, <laughs> he had some classic episodes. Uh, he also did Secrets of a Successful Marriage and The Last Temptation of Homer. So uh, we've never really talked to you about your Simpsons upbringing, Jess. Obviously, Dave and I grew up on it. Were you a Simpsons child? Yeah, big time. Were you a Sim- Simpsons. Simpsons adult? Yes. Were you a Simpsons teenager? Oh, mostly, yes. I think um, I wasn't really allowed to watch it when I was quite little because my brother's seven years older than me, so he was allowed to watch it, but I wasn't. 
and that always annoyed me. Um, but then, yeah, as I got a bit older, and I mean like maybe I was six and they were like, maybe not for you. And by, by the time I was 10, I was definitely watching The Simpsons. And we had Foxtel for a while and every Saturday morning from 8 till midday it was just Simpsons episodes. Right. So Foxtel is like a pay-per-view thing. Yeah, yeah. cable is the best. yeah. From the same company who make The Simpsons. So they have all the rights and they, they play it every night at, at on Fox 8. Yeah. I never had, obviously didn't have Foxtel. It's a affluent East kind of a... I did have it and that is one of the reasons I'm a big Simpsons right. fan. I know all the quotes and stuff because every weekend, like yeah. you said, we, from 9 to 12, they play six episodes. Saturday, Sunday, they play six episodes and I'd watch all 12 episodes. Yeah. What you, you two wouldn't realise is that on free-to-air, which is something you probably never watched, it's the TV that... Uh, Poor people watch. Um, it just comes into your home for free. Oh, cute. No, no bills or any sort of fees involved. Aww. And on Channel 10 in Australia, they would play it every night, one episode. And that's all we got. <laughs> we used to sit by the TV as a family, staring at it blankly till it came on at 6pm. Well, that's still fun though, isn't it? You yeah. got five, five episodes a week. Not, yeah, not too bad. And then, yeah, they'd play some new episodes on Sundays. And we'd, we used to tape them onto VHS and I have tapes full of Simpsons so especially early episodes I hadn't seen this one in a long time but I still had to pull back from saying the lines along which I know is very annoying for people watching TV (laughs) did you when you taped it stop at the ads or did you include the ads I would have taped the ads out because you would have taken them out damn because for me I would have loved to have watched an ad from 97 now yeah, that's the that's oh, the funny great. thing at the time. It's like ads are annoying, but seeing old ads is a lot of fun. Mm. You're like, oh, remember that Hot Wheels car ad? Yeah. Oh, my yeah. dad picks the fruit that goes to Cotties to make, make the cordial that I like best. Classic, co- classic Cotties cordial ad and jingle. Uh, the <laughs> the funny thing about that is the Simpsons episodes they don't really date all that much, so. But the ads do. Every year the ads seem sillier and sillier, but the Simpsons themselves. So that's, that's a that's a Yeah, funny. that's true. Just because fashion and stuff hasn't really changed in Springfield. Yeah, it is because I suppose they just have it, that one uniform that they all wear, so you just know that's what they wear. It doesn't matter. That's right. No trends. It's only, you only see the trends when they do like the flashbacks. Yeah. And w- yeah, so it's like Homer... In high school, which has changed multiple times, right? Because it's always yeah, originally 20 like, odd years back yeah, from yeah. whatever today is. So originally, it's like, you know, it's in high school in like the 70s. Yeah. So, the um, <laughs> we've chosen this episode, of course, Dave, because uh, they do three, uh, three short stories in a treehouse of horror. They're all based on old um, horror tropes or famous scary movies and that sort of stuff. And uh, one of the three on this episode is based on King Kong. Which is a an old, old old movie, which has been redone a few times, but this is based on the original, the black and white, nineteen thirty three, I think, version. That's the middle um, story. The first story, though, is called Clown Without Pity, and that in that it's where a Krusty the Clown doll goes berserk in the Simpson home. Mm. <laughs> uh, this is this. Um, Apparently, there's an article from AV Club that I found, and apparently, depending on your generation, it'll depend on what you think it's spoofing. Um, So this is from the AV Club. It says, depending on your generation, either a spoof of the Twilight Zone episode featuring a doll that wants to kill Telly Savalas, uh, the Zuni fetish doll segment of the revered TV movie horror anthology Trilogy of Terror, or for contemporary audiences, and this is what I thought it was, uh, also it says... (laughs) And those with short attention spans, Child's Play, which was the Chucky 
movie with the evil doll. I thought that was a Chucky thing as well. Yeah, I always thought that. But yeah, interesting. Maybe everything... (laughs) I've never seen an episode of Twilight Zone, but it feels like maybe they they did everything first and everything's sort of slowly been referencing off that. Everything... It comes from Twilight Zone. And that in itself is like a Twilight Zone episode. Wow. I assume. Is Twilight Zone like Black Mirror? I think it's like old school Black Mirror. Yeah, that sounds right to me. I think they redid it at some point, maybe in the 90s. I vaguely remember yeah, some possibly. remade Twilight Zones. I've, uh, I've got the plot here from Living Doll, the Twilight Zone episode. Yeah. I just love the opening uh, paragraph. This is from the Wikipedia entry. Plot. Annabelle buys her daughter, Christy, a wind-up doll named Talkie Tina, which says, My name is Talkie Tina, and I love you very much, in order to comfort Christy. Annabelle has recently remarried to an infertile man. Frustrated at his inability to have his own children with Annabelle, Eric is hostile toward Christy. Well, that seems stupid. That seems like the like, reverse oh, of what I you I just do. really want a kid, but I'm going to be mean to this one. Annabelle tries to persuade him that if he gives himself the chance, he will be able to love Christy. And then the doll goes evil and starts attacking him. <laughs> Isn't that just great? That's just a funny... That's a wild storyline. Yeah, that... Eric... Eric? Eric. Eric has some issues. He's got some issues. That... And that, uh, nothing, the main issue is that a talking doll is trying to kill him. Nothing a bit of therapy couldn't help. Eric's a great name, though. He's feeling vulnerable. Uh, he's got his own insecurities. <clears throat> and, yeah, okay, you want a family, Eric, but... There's more than one way to have a family. Yeah. And here is one presenting itself to you, desperate for you to be a part of it. Doesn't all have to come from your own seed, Eric. No, Eric. Here's a little girl who'd really love, you know, just uh, some fatherly attention and some love. Yeah. And be a father. You want to be a father. Be a father. You want to be. And here's the opportunity. And you've been a little bitch about it, Eric. Far out. Yeah, yeah okay. She didn't come from you. Jizzin. Yeah. It doesn't all have to come from your jizz, Eric. It doesn't have to, Eric. Dave, this goes to you as well. It doesn't all have to come from your jizz. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, See, just, Dave was a lot easier to get through to than Eric. Eric, Eric yeah. needed a crazy doll to try Don't worry, and uh, Eric is like a brick wall. Ugh. Things work out well for Eric. He trips down the stairs and dies. Oh, Eric. That's not the way I thought he'd go. He doesn't learn. He doesn't learn. He never learns. Yeah. Well, I think Christy's better off without him. Yeah. She deserves a father's love. Yeah. And I or really... just the love of her mum. Yeah. I mean, you, That's don't, fine too. you don't have to have two parents. No? Certainly not. You don't have to have... You can have one. Anyway. <laughs> so, the, this, the first episode's called Clown Without Pity. Um, starts with Homer forgetting Bart's birthday. And he... So... <laughs> they're all giving Bart presents and uh, Homer goes, Dope! And, and Bart's like, what? And he goes, oh, no. I meant, don't worry. I forgot to get you a present. <laughs> Very funny Good stuff. stuff. So he races off. And probably the most iconic part of this whole episode um, is him going to the shop, uh, which is called the House of Evil. And it's called your one-stop evil shop. <laughs> <laughs> the AV article says That should be a bit of a warning um, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that uh, But in the House of Evil Homer has a convo with the shopkeeper uh, Which is sort of a parody on the gremlin scene Where um, uh, Gizmo is bought the, the little fluffy fella Who turns into a gremlin when given water Or I've got to stop saying things Because people are not going to be I don't want Tweet me if, if I'm saying something slightly wrong But um I think he gets fed water. Nah, that's not what happens. Anyway, <laughs> uh, the conversation 
goes a little something like this. Uh, shopkeeper goes, take this object, but beware, it carries a terrible curse. And Homer goes, oh, that's bad. But it comes with a free yogurt. That's good. The froggit is also cursed. That's bad. <laughs> but you get your choice of toppings. That's good. The topics contain potassium benzoate. Homer looks blankly. Shopkeeper says, that's bad. Classic scene. End so scene. So good. It's even funnier with one person retelling it, <laughs> I think. <laughs> well, especially when it's a guy who can do every voice yeah. you've ever heard. Oh, yeah, true. Sorry. Oh, the listeners that? wouldn't have known it yeah. was one yeah. person. I closed my eyes for a second. Was that not Matt and you doing that, Jess? No, that wasn't me. It was all Matt. Both voices were me, Dave. Isn't he good? Was the voice coming from within inside your mouth? <laughs> the voice was coming from within, <laughs> within the house. Uh, the Matt calls his mouth a house. Yeah, it's my tongue house. So <laughs> <laughs> I keep my tongue. <laughs> Go home, tongue. <laughs> <laughs> we already are home. That was fast. <laughs> was so, the so the so Homer takes the crusty doll home. And it's very kind to Bart. Yep. But it turns on Homer. Yep. Trying to kill him. After Grandpa says, that doll is evil. 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 Grandpa, you've said that to all the presents. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, yeah, so it turns on Homer, it pulls out a big knife. It's pretty violent imagery through this episode um, for what I would have seen when I was... But also a little bit cute. Oh, like I like true. when... Because he's one of those dolls where you have to pull the string. Yeah. And I like that at one point... He's coming at Homer in a threatening way and then the string runs out and he tries to grab at himself. It's quite cute. He's trying to get at himself. He's even, like, though, eh. even though Homer has said previously a couple of lines earlier, I didn't even pull the string. Yeah. Either. So it, it's not quite logical, but it's a little bit cute how he's kind of, he can't re- it's like when you can't reach a scratch on your back. Which was you seconds before hitting record. I know, but I got it. I do. I like. I don't mind stuff like that, especially in the Halloween episodes where the logic doesn't always come through. As long oh. as the jokes are good. No, I, I need logic. I don't care if they break the logic at all. It's a Which sentence. one is it? Is the doll? <laughs> can it just move around, or does it need the string? Answer me. Well, maybe, maybe that was just the doll messing with Homer. You know. Oh, you know power I mean? play. Yeah, maybe he was. Ma- pull my string, that. bitch. Yeah, you're my bitch. Pull uh, it. As the episode goes on, he's still trying to kill him. The family don't really believe him, but then they do see that he is trying to kill him. Homer Chump captures him with a bag of his old socks, which is a bit of fun. Krusty's like, you can't get me with a bag of old socks, Homer, but the socks win in the end. Yeah, because they probably smell really bad. And he chucks them down into a bottomless pit, uh, along with Whoopi Goldberg's nudes and... um, that's not enough to get rid of little crusty doll. Somehow he gets out of that bottomless pit. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, that's what I don't know either. Is it evil? Some sort of evil? Evil. Do you think it's some sort of evil? Some sort of evil. <laughs> uh, but then, so by the time we get home, anyway, it wraps up uh, with them calling up the crusty doll company and someone comes and goes, oh, I see what you've done here. Someone set it to evil and they flick it to good. I really like that they couldn't have said that over the phone. Yeah. Like, like, just have a look at the back. It's got a switch. Are you good? All right. It's all sorted. Lovely. Why did a technician have no, to come out? You've got to have the professionals, Jess. 
a person at home couldn't be trusted to flick that switch to That's the right. other setting. That's true. Yeah. Every place we've been so far, I've had to turn the lights on for Dave. Well, we just had to message our Airbnb host <laughs> to ask how to open the dryer, which has been drying Matt's clothes for 24 hours now. Just, uh, 48, I reckon. Oh, so, so, yeah, actually, is. you've been in there so long. And she just wrote back, oh, usually we just push the door and it opens. If you've got any problems, give me a call. And Matt goes, I reckon I've done it. But I'll try again. Instantly opens. <laughs> uh, we've all tried pushing the door, though. Yeah, it was funny. I don't. Yeah, it's it's funny how that happened. And that is why you need a technician. Yes, true, you need a true. professional. But I mean, they just message saying, "Have you tried pushing the door?" Yeah, no, but yeah, they, they didn't come out. It to, to good. Mm. This is the difference. Between Jess wants the Simpsons to be entirely logical all the time. Yep. Dave wants it to never be logical all the time. And I want it to be just right. Right, <laughs> yes. Just the right amount of logical or illogical. So the uh, episode ends with Krusty uh, now basically being a servant of Homer. Now that it's flicked to good, uh, he's working hard, uh, being sort of like the butler for Homer, and then he's still going home to Malibu Stacy <laughs> yeah. in the doll's house at night. Yeah, so it kind of works out well for everyone. It's, a, it's kind of a beautiful finish. But anyway, that was really just an entree. Just a little... Appetizer. A little appetizer. A sweet yeah. hors d'oeuvre. Just a wafer thin. Yeah, wafer thin uh, to get us uh, ready for the main meal. Mm. Mm. Uh, which was the middle story, King Homer. Dave, do you want to take us through this? You were, you were talking along with it, which I love. I'm oh, just a big fan. I, I think it's probably the for me the funniest story of the triptych. Right. I've ne- I've honestly never seen Dave laugh so hard and loud as he did watching The Simpsons. I just laugh so because I, I chuckle to myself at home. But if I'm watching with people, <laughs> The Simpsons, it just feels like I don't know. It it's just the funniest thing to me. Yeah. Even though I've heard the jokes, I know the jokes are coming up. But when I'm watching it with people, like the time that I had uh, for Primus listeners that haven't heard me talk about this on our other podcast, once I had a birthday party where I hired out a mini cinema that seats 40 people and you can just play whatever you want, at this, like a private screening type thing. And I played my top four episodes of The Simpsons. I had the best night of my life. <laughs> it was so fun because it's like you, you're watching it with a laugh track because mm. there's a whole room of people. Most of the people there were big Simpsons fans and then yeah, we were watching it and it was very, very funny. Mm. I was there. It was, when was this? About four years ago, right? Yeah, I think it was my 20... Well, maybe it was my 24th birthday. And yeah, so four I, years ago. What, what, for those who don't know, what were your top four? Oh, my God. So, uh, Cape Fear... With Sideshow, Sideshow Bob, which is a parody of Cape Fear, just without the E on the end, <laughs> next to E. Was the Lemon of Troy in there? I voted for that. I can't remember for it. I think, yeah. No, so Lemon of Troy, Cape Fear. Then I had uh, the Monorail episode. Classic. And uh, the... Uh, no, maybe Lemon of Troy didn't quite make it. That would probably be my fifth one. Sorry. Let's go back to this one more time. <laughs> <laughs> We've got the Monorail episode, Cape Fear... Uh, the one with Rex Banner, which oh, where they have uh, the beer baron. Yep. Oh yes, and and probably the one with hammocks, the hammock. District. Yes, and uh, uh, you only move twice with Hank Scorpio. Hank Scorpio is the best. That was, I think, my. I played Who that voices Hank Scorpio? Sorry, that's a question you don't necessarily have the answer to straight away. But I feel like it's going to be someone I know. And he's he and was he's also been, in the Simpsons movie. He's been a few different playing characters, the pres- right? Playing the president, yeah. 
I watched that again recently. I saw the Simpsons movie at the cinemas and I felt a little disappointed by it, but I watched it again last month and I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, it's pretty good. I've, I don't know why... Um, spider pig, spider pig, oh, does whatever a spider pig does. Albert Can Brooks. he swing from a web? Oh. No, he can't. He's a pig. Look out. Did you know I found out recently on an episode uh, with Levens on where we talked about um, the band Gorillaz, he was telling me about this upcoming Spider-Man movie mm. and in it all the different kinds of Spider-Men are going to be in it, including Spider-Ham, who is a spider pig who already existed before the Simpsons movie. What? I was like, what? what? Spider-Ham. Yeah. I hate that. <laughs> but you love Spider-Pig. Yeah. It is interesting, isn't it? I'm a complex person. Albert Brooks. Um, so yeah, he's like a he's a big he's a big stand up. I think I think he was in like quite an early stand up. Can you show me his face? Comic. Uh, he's uh, in his early seventies now. Sorry, internet's not that great here, but I'm learning for Jess. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. And he also voiced Marlin in the yes. Funny Nemo film. Yep. He did. He did indeed. Oh, that's so funny because I yeah I um. I know him relatively well, and his voice Personally. is so I can't like so recognizable. But I never connected the two together, which you seems kind of all, dumb. No, you kind of always see the Simpsons in their own universe in a way, right? I feel. Anyway, sorry, I derailed there. You were summarizing um, King Homer. Oh yeah, so we, we just we're talking about how much I loved it, yep. watching it with, with friends. I just, it's my favorite thing to do is watch the Simpsons with other people there. I just really, really enjoy it. I prefer to be alone at all times. Okay. I like to podcast alone. I like to, uh, travel alone yet. Haven't been able to do any of that. Sorry. Oh, so last sorry. three weeks. So sorry. I'll talk, <laughs> tell you a bit of, uh, what AV club, uh, talked about with this second segment. Mm hmm. Uh, they called it one of the most audacious and ambitious in Treehouse of Horror history, and not just because it's in black and white. It's a parody of King Kong that works spectacularly well because Homer isn't just ape-like and simian on the inside. He's ape-like and simian on the outside as well. So it's not too much of a stretch to imagine the rage-filled man-child as a giant ape with serious anger control issues. Yeah. I was thinking that watching it, I was like, Homer does look a bit like an ape. Yeah. So it works. <laughs> and they've, I mean, the Simpsons used that right through the series. There was a bunch of times they would portray him ape-like. Mm. And, but obviously for, for primates listeners, they would find this uh, segment of the episode very annoying because so many times... Uh, he's called a monkey. Yeah. Um, they also have. I mean, at the at the wedding later on, a lot of King Homer's family, family. are portrayed as monkeys. Mm. It's like, what? What's going on here? I mean, they're very distant relatives. Maybe. Surely. Maybe that's okay. Sure. Tiny monkeys so are distantly related cousins, to a cousins, giant ape. Cousins, cousins, cousins. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that, I, I'm not. I should say I'm not a scientist, so I don't know if that is. Far enough across to, to sort of genetically differentiate that far. So, yeah. Sorry, Dave. You are a scientist. and I, I That's right. <laughs> Batman's a scientist. Now, uh, monorail episode, there it is. The, uh, so, the, the plot, if you did want me to talk yeah, about. Um, so, basically, it is a, the parody of King Kong. So, in, in this case, Mr. Burns and his uh, assistant, Waylon Smithers, are journeying um, to what, what is it? What, are, what, are, what do they call the island? Uh, Ape Island. Ape Island, that's right. Because um, uh, at one point they're on their way over and Lenny and Carl are talking and they go, 
Ape Island, this is where there's a giant ape. I wish we were going to Candy Apple Island. Wow, what's there? Apes, but they're not as big. (laughs) It's good stuff. That's good stuff. So they want to go and capture a King Homer, a legendary giant ape that uh, is on the island. And they need some bait. So they put an ad in a newspaper for a young lady to come along. And that is uh, Marge Bouvier. And in that ad it says, must love monkeys, which again, come on. Yeah, that pissed Matt off. Come on, guys. Maybe that's unrelated to this this quest. Oh, true, true. Maybe that's just a personal a personal request of Mr. Burns with all his employees. Sure. Okay. No, I I didn't think about it like that. that yeah. Makes sense. Sorry, Mr. Burns. Sorry, Mr. Burns. I do apologise. Does Dave remind you a bit of Mr. Burns? Yeah, looks wise. Yeah, and you know, just that being, is so offensive. Being from the affluent east, and um, well, not yet, but when you do lose your hair and have a bit when of, when oh, please. have a little comb over, I reckon. I don't have the long nose that he has. Well, we can change that. Noses are always growing, Dave. Do you know? Yeah. Your nose and ears will continue to grow. I'm really hoping he doesn't grow as long as Mr. Burns' nose. Well. Sorry, Dave. Agreed to disagree. Sorry you had to find out this way that that's going to happen to you. So sorry. Thank you. Thank you. I look forward to that. I also look forward to his many millions of dollars. Hmm. Yeah. And uh, they go and uh, they find the ape and then he is attracted to Marge. Yeah. Yep. Then they are able to capture him and bring him back to show. And much like in the film, he escapes and then climbs a, a building much like the Empire State Building. But uh, he doesn't get very far, does, does he? No. It's he's implied that he's climbing for ages and he's getting really tired. Um, but then he falls off the building and he was like at the first level. Very. Very yeah, funny. Very good stuff. Um, I like how... Uh, when the journalists are asking Mr. Burns what the show is going to be all about. <laughs> and he goes, well, well uh, you can look at the ape for about two hours. And uh, I can't remember how he finishes that, but that's fine. It's funny in itself. Like it's just <laughs> going to be standing there. That's the show. Yeah, it's on Broadway. It's like it's a monkey. It's an ape standing there. Yeah, he said monkey. monkey. Oh, my monkey. goodness. Oh, that will kill you. Did you see how angry he just looked at me? Yes. I am furious. Have you seen... I haven't actually seen any of the King Kong movies. Have you guys seen? No. I must admit, no. Yeah, right. Isn't that interesting? Because they're such, obviously, big movies. And they're, they're a series that I will do uh, watch for this show. Surely you get a lot of requests. For yeah, they, they are one that's requested a bit. So I, it's funny. I've done two episodes about Donkey Kong before I've done any about King Kong. <laughs> two on Donkey Kong. But I've also, I also did, the Sim- <laughs> I've done three Simpsons episodes before any King Kong. We did Planet of the Apes, the musical, before we did any Planet of the Apes. We still haven't <laughs> done the original Planet of the Apes. So there's still so many classics to go through. But yeah, King Kong, I don't know. There's something about it that doesn't really interest me. I don't quite get the fascination with... It's it's this. I mean, I I obviously have to watch it. If you don't get it, then who gets it? Yeah. yeah. Well, I just don't like the idea of man going and capturing a giant ape and then bringing it to the city and the ape. It just feels like I know what. How could that be a three-hour movie? I just feel mm. like I. What happens? I probably have to watch. I reckon that's how I'll find out. Yeah, I reckon. Oh, damn it. I was hoping that wasn't going to be the answer, but... I'm sorry. It's the easiest way to find out. Yeah, it's just to watch it. Sorry you found out this way that you're no. going to have to watch a film. No. Sorry about that, mate. Yeah, no, I, I, I always wanted to watch the original first as well, because when the Peter Jackson one came out, I didn't see that. I love Jack Black, so I'm interested in seeing it, and I'd love to get into it, because I think they're going to combine the Godzilla uh, movies into the Kong universe as well, so... 
I really should just watch them. I thought the same about the Planet of the Apes prequels. I was like, why would I like these? And then I watched them and they're my favourite movies. So <laughs> so it's probably going to be the same scenario. Um, in the end, uh, Homer and, and Marge get married as well. So it's a happy ending. So sweet. Isn't that beautiful? So sweet. He eats his father-in-law. Yeah. Cute. As is customary in the ape world. Yeah. Dave, that is not true. Is that not true? Don't. No, of course it isn't. You can't slander the apes like that. Well, what are they going to do? They're vegetarians. They're not cannibals. What are they going to do? Fight back and enslave our race? I don't think so. <laughs> In what crazy world with that? Hang on. Statue of Liberty. <laughs> that was our plan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so that was fun. I really liked it. You were saying before we started recording that they were nervous about. Yeah, so um, I read that Al Jean, who was one of the showrunners for this, that season, and he actually co-wrote the earlier one, the crusty one we were talking about. He was worried because it's the longest single black and white segment they'd ever had. They'd have gone into black and white other times just for you know thirty seconds at a time or whatever. But this is a full ten minute segment of a show or eight minutes probably in black and white, and they were worried that people would at home be freaking out that it was just their TV or their reception that was that was wrong. So funny. That is so great. I love that. I love that early nineties thinking that pre nine eleven world where people are like oh maybe they will just assume their TVs are broken. Yeah. Wow. That's so good. If your TV goes into black and white, that, I mean, in digital, that if your TV's malfunctioning, it'll be unwatchable. Yeah. When will it? Yeah, that is Or if, if that was ever crossed my mind, I would change the channel and see that the other channel was in color and go, ah, so that was just a black and white bit and I'd go back to it. It's really not that hard to kind of process of elimination, just figure it out, bit of common sense. Dave, is Al Jane an idiot? It was a different time. Yes, he was an idiot in a different time. <laughs> he definitely isn't. I, I imagine he was probably not serious when he even was telling whoever he told that. Yeah, maybe he was just saying that. Maybe that was just a story he maybe just said to the writers. Oh, is this going to be it? Ah, who cares? Maybe. Yeah. And then, so the third, um, the, the third of the, the triptych. Mm, the dessert. Oh, yeah, after the main meal. Jeez, I'm, I couldn't eat another slice. But uh, I will. But I'll have a little... Dial Z for zombie, <laughs> which is a, a play on Dial M for murder. Which is a what a fun, um, what a fun joke framework that is. Dial M for murder. You should try one by the end of the episode. Try your own version of Dial M for murder, okay. Dave. That is my my challenge to you. Okay. Go away into the soundproof booth. See All right. Give you twenty minutes. Come back. All right. Okay. See you guys in twenty minutes. Bye. <laughs> Bye, Dave. Bye, Dave. Uh, in Dave's Fuck. place, we've got um, Dave's brother, uh, Greg. Hey, Greg. Hey, guys, I'm Greg. <laughs> so, so good to have you in here. It's so handy to have you traveling with Dave. Yeah, well, uh, I'm better than him in every way. And, I'm, and my name's Greg. That's the one drawback in my life. You got the name Greg. It's hard to be a rock star and be called Greg. Unlike Dave, who is an absolute rock star legend of the podcasting world. And you guys should respect him more, even though I'm better than him. I'm Greg. That's kind of sweet, that brotherly yeah. kind of competitiveness. Like, he thinks he's a piece of shit, but we're not allowed to say Dave's yeah. a piece of shit. It's a real what did you say about Dave? No, no, no. I'm saying hypothetically. Okay, don't forget, I'm Greg. I know, Greg. Greg, it's so good to have you here, and you are way better than Dave, Thank as you. you say. I know that, but you don't. Oh, he just said it. You can't know it. Okay. I'm Greg. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the, uh, the AV... Club article says of Dolls Ed for Zombies. 
How is it, Matt? So, sorry, Greg, have you been listening from the other room? Like, you know what we're up to, yeah? Oh, yeah, big fan of primates. I think so. Great. It's really, that means a lot. I'm nervous to be on here, actually. That means so much. Even more coming from you. Though I was a bit annoyed last week because I'm a bit of an ace head. Yeah. Right. I'm also a Twilight Zone fan. Right. Okay. I can't believe you didn't get that Shatner reference. You would have. That would have been frustrating to hear. Wow. I, w- I sent at least a dozen tweets. I know I saw them and I appreciate those. Mm. It was, it Did was, you see that they were from me? Greg? Yeah. Well, I saw the they were from a greg i yeah. didn't realize until now and you do look almost exactly the same as dave apart from that eye patch yeah well we don't talk about that oh sorry well, um, dave and i don't we can but <laughs> <laughs> is it a it's a sight thing i guess yeah or a pirate thing or both yeah both right sight pirate yep you got pirate sight that does make um depth depth depth, depth perception harder and speaking near you I've heard mm. and felt. Yeah, I intimidate people with my pirate patch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the AV Club says of Dull Z for Zombie that it cross-pollinates Night of the Living Dead with Pet Cemetery uh, by having Bart inadvertently resurrect the dead while attempting to bring Lisa's beloved dead cat, Snowflake, back to life. Snowball. Snowball. Oh, fuck. I shouldn't have gone off script. Uh, this results in mischief across the board from zombie Principal Skinner ordering Martin to come to the principal's office and bring his juicy chest brain. And uh, zombie Krusty asking kids to send him their parents' brains. Or a card saying... <laughs> is it really like a kid's TV yeah. joke? Hmm. Maybe just the word brain on a card is enough for Krusty to enjoy. It's enough sustenance. Yeah. You just need more cards. Like one brain would be the equivalent of about 10 cards with the word brain on them. Yeah. Oh, that makes that sort of a mathematical equation yeah. there. Yeah. I think I think I probably maybe enjoyed this one the most, I reckon, of the three. What more than the ape? Uh, I did love the ape. Maybe the ape was the best, obviously. I mean, best of the others, the zombie one. I liked the doll one. Oh, look at us. I don't like zombies. You, me, and Greg, we're all different in our own we're ways, different. aren't we, Bob? Yeah. It's fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. One of the differences between you, me, and Greg is that you and I, Bob, don't say I'm Matt or I'm Bob at the end of every sentence. Yeah. Whereas I say I'm Greg. Yeah. And I'm Greg speaking. <laughs> this is Greg speaking. Hello, this is Greg. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> Are you also called Greg? No, Greg, sorry. Okay, because I'm Greg. <laughs> okay. For- the episode basically plays out with uh, Bart and Lisa trying to figure out how to put the genie back in the bottle, so to speak, or the zombie back in the grave. Mm. Uh, they eventually figure out after... And Homer is actually one of the few times he's kind of a badass hero character in this. He's going around shooting zombie Flanders. One of the great lines. I read that one of the... The writers agree that one of the best lines... Ever, ever in The Simpsons? Ever on the show. That's so good. That's a huge call. That is, yeah. And it re- would be a very tough decision to make. He was a zombie? Yeah. You shot zombie Flanders. He was a zombie? Very, very good. Very good. Homer hates Flanders and he just shoot him anyway. Apparently that's from Mike Rice wrote that line. Oh, you'd be proud of that one, Mike. You'd Props have that framed, Mike. I reckon. Yeah. Uh, he also kills uh, zombie Shakespeare, zombie Einstein. Mm. And zombie George Washington. That's right. The big three. It would have been they could have gone with anyone. I like those that sort of cross section. You got literature, you got politics, yep. and you've got science. Science. 
the big three. Thanks, that's kind of that's like us. Yeah. Politics um, over here. Politics over there, Dave. You're uh, Greg over here. Oh, sorry, Greg. Oh my god, you took your eye patch off. Yeah, just needed to. Uh, he just needed to air out his eye for a bit. Yeah. Oh, look, thank you for putting it back on, Greg. Obviously, you're a man. I'm Greg. Oh, you're Greg. Yeah, and a man of science, and I am a man of literature. Yep. Yeah, I'm the Shakespeare of England in a lot of ways. Yeah, um, now that I'm here in England, so um. <laughs> trying to get that catchphrase on all of our podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> You've been saying of English people, they are the. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Themselves of England. No, I wouldn't say that. I'd say I'd say the three of us are the English people of England. Okay. <laughs> Don't you think? Yeah. When I put it like that. Yeah, that does make the most sense. Yeah. When you put it like that. Yeah. When I put it like that. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense, yeah. My elbows keep making farty noises on this table, and I'm hoping that it picks oh, el- it up. That is the perfect cover. I was, um, now oh, I'm- my elbows. Yep. Jess, just... Bloody. It's my elbows. Okay. It is. I'll accept that. Greg, it is. I'm Greg. <laughs> okay. That's all you need to know. <laughs> Still Greg. Still Dave, Greg. And- Dave's in the other room. That's what... How that- you doing in there, Dave? Yeah, just give us a sec, Greg. All right, mate. Thanks, mate. See you soon, mate. <laughs> all right, mate. I'm Greg. I know you, Greg. Well, all right. Bye. Bye, Greg. I'm Greg and I'm back. Well, it's cute that they call each other mate. Yeah, that is nice. It was nice seeing you guys interact because you've done very little of that on the trip. Yeah, it's weird that Greg's mainly stayed in, in a room. Yeah, in a box in a room. <laughs> but Classic hey, Greg. That's like, how he travels. I like tight spaces. Yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> mm. Greg found that funny <laughs> Greg's got a quirky sense of humour yeah. <laughs> Everything about Greg is pretty quirky Yeah Yeah, that's funny. true What a guy, Greg So good to have you here I honestly hope you stay and Dave doesn't come back You hear that Dave? Alright oh, mate Yeah, wow There's a lot happening here <laughs> <laughs> Hope that's coming through on the mic <laughs> Uh, so the the storyline ends with uh, Lisa and Bart going back to the library where they found the book mm-hmm. that gave them the zombie spell in the first place, and they found another book. Ideally, you know, the reverse spell would be in the same book. Yeah, but they had to go find another book, and then that book undid the curse, but also turned Lisa into a snail, which is a bit of fun. Ah, uh, classic. It would classic. have been good if she stayed a snail for the rest of the episode. Like that was the. The trade-off was that zombies are gone, yes, but Lisa's a snail. But when Bart did the spell properly, Lisa went back to her normal self and all the zombies went away as well. The um, episode finishes with Mayor Quimby saying, the zombies that plagued our town are now just corpses lying in the street and everyone cheers. (laughs) Which is good fun. That is good fun. Oh, yeah, you'd expect them to go back to their graves. Some of them, I think, did. Some did. John Smith, 
1882. <laughs> My mistake. My mistake. <laughs> Two John Smiths go for the same grave. Very uh, funny stuff. That would be, you could see that being a, a, a bit of a, a trouble for a man named John Smith. Yeah. Which grave's which? You know? Mm. That's why you gotta look at the DOB and the DOD. What if they were the same? Imagine that. Uh, I mean, what are the chances? But possible. Possible. Very much possible. Very possible. Yes. Especially in the world of a John Smith. Totally. There's so many of them. Statistically, two are bound to have been born and died on the same day. Yeah. Buried in the same cemetery. Yeah. Zombified on the same day. Yeah. Going back to their grave at the same time. And they're alphabetically sorted graves too. Yeah. So. So. That makes sense. Yeah. Similar headstones. Yeah. Assuming that the zombies version of yourself has any knowledge of what you're yeah but also if you died on the same day then the tombstones would have aged the same amount True. so they'll look similar now similar kind of moss yeah levels and so then you'd have to be looking for not just the dob and the dod but you'd be looking for like a loving husband of right you know but then oh no God, they married if- the same women yeah Ugh. imagine that imagine that can you imagine that, Greg? Greg's got a good imagination. Oh, okay. okay. I'm imagining it right now. I also like how when you're buried, you, you're dead, so you don't even know where you're buried. So it'd be a bit disorientating when you wake up. Yeah. You're like, oh, in the ground. You'd be like, oh, I was not expecting that. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I always assumed I was in a cupboard. Wow, they did not put the money or effort into this tombstone. <laughs> what a brutal way to find out. Yeah. Mm. You're dealing with that and now you're a zombie. So there's a lot going on there. There's a lot. And you know, you now all of a sudden you've got an insatiable appetite for brains, <laughs> human brains. Yeah, it'd be a lot actually. It'd be really quite emotionally draining for the zombies. I mean, they're the real victims here. Yeah, and I mean, I don't think that comes through. They didn't yeah. ask. For th- they didn't ask for this. No, they didn't. That is something that has that ever been addressed? Maybe it probably has in the zombie world of film, but because there's a lot of those. Because they are they are the true victims. Yeah, I mean they're not. They're not in control of what's happening to them. They're also literally the victims. Like they've been, if they've been attacked by another zombie, they went from being a victim to an evil person instantly. That's not fair. Mm. Come on. Mm. Yeah. I, I reckon, and I know they most zombie. There's a trope in zombie movies where you'll see a loved one become zombified, and you'll be like, "The real you's still in there," and then that person will get zombified. Yeah. They, you gotta let him go. You gotta let it's him go. It's not them anymore. That's not Greg. That's zombie Greg, who's not Greg at all. I am Greg. Oh. Sorry. Yeah, no. Uh, hypothetical there, Greg. Greg doesn't do act outs. Okay. So you had a great imagination. Yeah, in here, but not out here. Okay. You were talking about in your brain and I out of your brain? my brain. In that, my mind. Do that- <laughs> you see? I didn't do it out here, but I did it in there. Oh, okay. I remember as a kid, the most quotable things in the in the schoolyard was the that John Smith thing and also the uh, brains, brains, and they'd go up to Homer and tap on his head and it made this great hollow sound. So people were tapping on kids, other kids. Yeah, going, brains. And they'd go off in another direction asking for brains. That is funny stuff. That's good stuff. Oh, it's good stuff. Mm. How fun is going through and retelling good jokes badly? <laughs> <laughs> you are nailing it. Thank you so much. Uh, do you have anything else to say about these episodes? Before I, I found an article that has gone through and ranked all the Treehouse of Horror episodes. Wow. And it came up, this episode, uh, Treehouse of Horror number three, came up at number 12. And this is what the article said mm. uh, from GamesRadar.com, a very trusted 
website when talking about Simpsons mm. history. It said, probably the most disappointing of the early Treehouse of Horrors. Though an average episode four Simpsons episode is still better than most shows ever produced. Oh, wow. Huge call, but accurate. Yeah, yes. <laughs> King Homer may be beautifully animated, but it rarely strays from full-on parody. And while Clown Without Pity features one of the show's most unsettling scenes in a knife-wielding Krusty the Clown <laughs> doll, it doesn't really bring the laughs. Curse Froggit aside. The final segment, <laughs> Doll Z for Zombies, brings you... You guessed it. Zombies into the... All right, mate. Zombies into the Treehouse of Horror 4. Except the shambling undead will be covered in far funnier and fateful Treehouse of Horrors further down the line. So they really didn't enjoy it, but they still put it up in the top 12 out of, um, what, 30-ish? Close to, yeah. So when or what is number one on their list? Number one. Before that, do you reckon... I mean, I think they're too harsh on this. I think there are plenty of laughs in Clown Without Pity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also in King Homer, like you haven't mentioned the scene that you often uh, uh, quote where... Big fan. Mr. What? Burns. <laughs> he oh, well, I know it's, at least Dave does. I don't know. If, I assume Greg probably feels Greg the same. is a fan of this scene as well. Great. I think I know the one you're talking about. It's this when Mr. Burns decides King Homer, they're shooting at him to try and capture him and it's not working well. So he decides to take him on himself with a gas bomb, which he throws. <laughs> About 10 centimetres away from him, lands basically at his feet, goes off. It cuts to Homer's face, cuts back to Mr. Burns, and he's, I was strolling through the gas one day. He's dancing around. Oh, it's so good. My favourite line was when Smithers says that women and semen don't mix. Yeah, I'd never caught that before. No, but watching that again, I was like, oh, that's very good. Because what he means Mm -hmm. is men who work on the sea. Yes. Don't, but yes, it of course. sounds a bit like semen. Men who work in the ball bag. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Because I think uh, one of this director also directed the clip show, which I, is what that was the only clip show they ever did, the 137th episode spectacular, or did they do another clip show? Oh, I feel like there were a couple, but oh, I could maybe be wrong. Were. Well, they've done other. I think they've done other styles. Well, they've done other clip shows. Like there's one about love, where they talk about their heartbreak, and then they talk. Oh, and that's then there's right. clips of Lisa and Bart's love. Yeah, and I, I just Jacques and Marge and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, think of the um, the 138th episode spectacular. I think where yeah. they um, David no Greg doesn't quite have the same knowledge of The Simpsons, but uh, during that. Someone writes in, Troy McClure is hosting it, and someone uh, writes in, what's the deal with Waylon Smithers? And then he goes, well, the deal is, and they'll play all these clips that have the innuendo of him being a gay man, and then he'll go, the deal is, he's a, he's a 35-year-old man <laughs> who works as Mr. Burns' assistant. And then that's, that's it. It's real fun. I love um, uh, which two... Characters from The Simpsons have died in the in the past year. Well, no, which two popular characters from The Simpsons have died in the past year? It goes into the ad break, comes back, and it says, in answer to the question, if you said Dr. Marvin Monroe <laughs> or Bleeding Gums Murphy, you'd be incorrect. They were never popular. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is good. And brutal. So the, the What a roast of the dead, you know? I can treat him with some respect. Proper. Yeah. <laughs> I love Dr. Marvin Munro. <laughs> uh, the uh, number one Treehouse of Horror on this um, uh, countdown was Treehouse of Horror number five, which had The Shinning. Oh, The Shinning is good. Time and Punishment. 
which is uh, with the the time traveling toaster. Oh yeah, they, yeah, that's that's, that's mm. fun. And Nightmare Cafeteria, where oh that one is good, where they the school starts it's, eating the it's kids. It's people, yeah. Oh yeah, which one was the Shining? Was that the? It was obviously the parody of The Shining. Yes. Yeah, it's yeah, really. Yeah. It's like uh, don't you no make the beer Shining? No beer and no TV. No. Make home or something. Something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, Go crazy. crazy. <laughs> don't mind if I do. <laughs> David Letterman. <laughs> Hi, David. I'm Grandpa. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that was number one. But uh, yeah, I that seems like a fun thing to go through. All those. I'm just trying to remember because when I look back at them, I imagine this the 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 mini part itself, not as the triptych as a whole. I'm a big time travel fan. I love that song. I really love that toaster, uh, time traveling toaster. So much fun. All the different realities they landed in. Yeah, raining donuts. <laughs> donuts. Donuts. What's a donut? Oh, it's raining again. <laughs> <laughs> Poor bastard. Um, so uh, we normally come to the end of uh, reviewing. <laughs> We're not reviewing. We've never reviewed anything. Well, we come to the end of talking about the movie or TV show or whatever uh, with, uh, as you guys would know, talking about how much of yourself you see in the on-screen primate. In mm. this case, it was King Homer. Yes. What do you folk think about that? Um, I can relate quite a bit to King Homer in that I feel quite trapped. Yep. Um, and hunted. Mm. Okay. Uh, so I get that. Yes. I feel that. I feel like people, they come up to me and they pretend that they're just chatting to me, but I'm like, I know you want to put me in a cage and cart me back to your city and put me on display. Yeah. I know. Like, don't. Bullshit to me Yeah Just say it Just say it And I get it Because all I really want At the end of the day Is to Get out of those chains Climb a building And get married That's all I want Right So, so you're quite a lot So as a percentage Out of 100 How much 98 98% That's almost the same As what chimps and humans share Yeah DNA was Yeah well Or it's almost I think that's about Exactly the same mm. As our uh, previous guest and scientist Andy Matthews told us, ninety-eight percent yep. humans and chimps share. So that's how I feel. Wow! Thank you for giving me a space to air that. All right. Thank you for um, feeling comfortable with mm. this medium to thank you to speak out. Uh, Greg, how about you? Well, I'm Greg, and Greg shares a few traits with King Homer. I'm a slob, mm-hmm. and I'm an ape. Yeah, and you're better than Dave. Yes, so I would probably say that I share approximately 73%. Hang on, did I miss something? Did you say you're an ape? Yes. I, I'm i so sorry, I did not even notice that. Matt doesn't see colour. I don't see ape. Right. I don't see species. Yeah, so I'm, I'm Greg and I'm an ape. Well, I'm 73% same, that's my answer. Right, because... Final he, answer. King Homer's Lock a big ape in. and you're a... Smaller ape? Yeah, whereas... Bop is not an ape, but shares ninety eight percent. I can't explain science. I'm not. I'm not asking you to, Greg. I'm even Greg. though you are a scientist, mm. and I'm Greg. Scientist ape, yeah. Greg. You are Greg. <laughs> There's nothing more true than the fact that you are Greg. <laughs> yeah, nothing's ever been truer. I'm definitely Greg, and not just Dave. Yeah, pretending to be Greg. No, I'm, I'm no. I'm, you hear that, Dave? What a strange thing to, that is a to real yell weird at us. Thing to say. I just don't want people at home to think that this is some sort of gimmick. 
No, it just has that happened before. Yes. Yeah, right. I've been confused for days. Because you do sound quite similar. And it's very honest. offensive to be confused for that idiot. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we agree. And you are, I mean, you do, even though you do look a lot like him, you do also, now that I see it up with new eyes, uh, look like an ape because you are one. And you've yeah. got an eye patch. So, I mean, there's two differences between you and Dave, even though you do sound almost identical. But that's siblings. You know, my brother and I sound the same. Yeah. As well. I think um, I would say that I feel about uh, 73% similar to King Homer. Same as Greg. Yeah. Um, wow. I'm not an ape, but I am currently quite unfit. I packed runners on this trip and they haven't really come out of the bag too much. We're on the top floor of this building and honestly I've avoided leaving because those stairs hurt so much to get back up. I've done some incidental exercise for sure. Sure, yes. A lot of stairs. Yeah, we've been on foot quite a bit, so I guess that's something. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed that uh, that trip down Simpsons memory lane so much. I love their um, Treehouse of Horror. Mm. And I, I think that's, it feels like, I don't know this for sure, but it feels like those episodes and being able to play with reality and that sort of stuff probably led to Futurama, which I love, I think, even more than The Simpsons. And Futurama is basically just a series set in a Treehouse of Horror universe, you know, <laughs> Time travel, future, yeah, mm. fun. What's it? Anything's possible. I love that stuff. So much fun. So I think that's why I like Rick and Morty as well. And yeah, I love Rick and Morty. Other, I like those shows where things are silly, like Sliders, where a crew of teenagers slide from reality to reality, and one of those realities was that everything was the same. Only the women had goatees. And uh, that is still probably my favourite ever piece of television. Wow, I didn't know that that existed, but I love it. It's one of, it's one of the only things I remember from that. They went to one reality where everything was the same and they couldn't... One of the people that they picked up in another reality couldn't breathe the air in that reality. Oh, weird. I think maybe it was even back to their home planet, which that was what the whole goal was to get back to their reality. But they picked up another slider along the way. And got back to their reality, but the person they came with couldn't breathe our Earth's oxygen, so they had to slide on. Great, great little bit of drama. Wow, just get him an oxygen tank. <laughs> I don't know how quickly you can do that, but you can slide real quick if you're a slider. So just make him go sliding. Yeah. Where at our destination, you can slide off. Yeah. This, this There's the door. Stopping all stations. <laughs> oh, do you not have doors where you're from? Well, let me explain them. And I'm pretty sure, uh, this is all such vague memories, it was about 15 years ago, but I'm pretty sure it was something like a, the gate would creak in a certain way and that's how he knew he was home and all the other gates didn't Aww. creak or something like that. That's cute. Poor Jerry O'Connell or something like that who starred in it and also... The film Stand, Stand By, by me. me. Yep. I had to put the film in there so I could remember the name of it. That was a little bit of padding, a little peek behind the curtain. <laughs> the there. film, that classic <laughs> film we all know, Help Me. <laughs> it's funny, I, I, my brain will freeze in many ways like that. Sometimes when, if I'm emceeing a show, I'll nearly always be saying, uh, please welcome to the stage, Mr. Dave Warnicky. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, my good friend that I was talking to two minutes ago. Yeah, I I've just blanked. M- momentarily blanked on. So I'm always going, Mr. <laughs> Sheffield. <laughs> Imagine I'll do it one time where I'll I'll do the padding, Mr. But 
not get to the name. What do you do then? You do what John Travolta did, bringing out <laughs> Adina Menzel and oh. said, Adele Dazim. Oh, my God. And he's reading off a script. Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> Adele Dazim. But, I mean, at least he had some letters that were close-ish. I if you're fully played, what are the Mr. Funny Mr. Man? Mr. Bombastic. <laughs> The man, the myth, the legend, the guy that we all want me to welcome to the stage. Please give it up for Mr. Let's stop that applause. Let's get it going. Here we go. That's not enough because this guy is great. Sorry, just one second. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. What a nightmare. I'm going to look out for that now. It's Mr. Billy Connolly. (laughs) Woo! (laughs) It's my dad. (laughs) I'm doing, it looks like his 60th birthday or something, and I'm just, just done a speech. I should bring up the man of the hour. Uh, everyone's here to see him. Uh, you love him. I love him. I know him well, and I know his name like the back of my hand. That's what I'm about to say. If we could just get a bit of applause. How how have you enjoyed the night so far, everybody? You having a good time out there? Mr. God, I can't God. think of his last I name. I cannot think uh, of it. I does not need any introduction. Please welcome him up. The guy we're all talking about now. Without introduction, please give it up for him. (laughs) Uh, That brings us to everyone's favorite segment on the show. It's the primate sporting mascot segment. Dave, are you pumped up? Oh, sorry, Greg. Honestly. I mean, should we get Dave back in? Yeah, could you? I mean, just and if you're going to be here, please keep the eye patch down. All right. Sorry. I patch back on. I'm going to go get Dave and bring him back. Dave! Thank you. Dave, it's time to come back in. I hope you've been working on that dial in for murder joke. I've been looking forward to that. All right. Here I'm coming. <laughs> just uh, making a cup of tea. All right, well, just bring the tea with you. Now I want to drink it first and I'll be there in a sec. All right, well, wait, we're doing the sporting mascot segment, the segment that everyone loves. I don't even know Dave drank tea. Yeah, Jess, I can hear you. I don't drink tea, but um, I'm trying to make a few changes in my life. All right, come on in, Dave. All right, here I come. <laughs> Dave. Greg. Dave. Greg. Dave. Hi, guys, it's Dave. Hello, Hi, Dave. Dave. Wow, Thanks that was so a much. really hot cup of tea. I think I've burnt my already small esophagus. Thanks so much for coming back uh, on the show. I mean, small things can get burnt. Yeah. Yeah, they can and they were. Yeah. It was burnt by a tea. Yeah, got it. <laughs> they can and they were. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, thanks so much for pushing through the pain and joining sporting. us sporting for the Primate Sporting Mascot segment. I've I was sent in this one quite a while ago and I've held back on reading it out because I've cannot find where the email or message there's too many ways of getting in contact now that I can't I can't yeah. find where it was from. So I've got, I've, I've just cut and paste the message, mm. but not the name of who. Great. So I'm really sorry. And thank you so much, whoever did send this through. So let me know and I'll read your name out next week. But this is the message. It says, hey, Matt, I'm really enjoying primates. Thank you so much. That means you, a lot. You just wanted to read that bit. That means a lot to me. Yeah. And I, oh, I just don't happen to have a name for it. It's ah. not made up by me at all. <laughs> Weird. Huh. Uh, they said. Primates has changed my life. This was early on. They said we've heard four episodes so far today. Oh. So forgive me, though, if I if you've already mentioned this in a previous episode, which we haven't, and they wanted to suggest the South Coast New South Wales Rugby League team 
the Warilla Gorillas. Warilla Gorilla. Thank you. How good is that? Yes. They finally did it. They finally did it. Finally, because sometimes teams will have names that have absolutely no sense, no link to where you are, and obviously rhyming is important. Rhyming is important. And they've done it. It's as important as the rest. Poise and rhyming. Two of the most important things when it comes to naming your team. Agreed. Mascot. Could not agree more. And I feel like that. I would like to think, and it probably isn't the case, they probably had people throwing suggestions from everywhere, but I would like to think people came into the meeting, mm. they all sat down, they said first item on the agenda is the naming of the mascot. Everyone said all in favour of gorillas. Everyone put their hand up. They moved on to the next. It was item. unanimous. There couldn't have been. It could have. It could not have been an argument. But I bet it bloody was. You know what committees are like. Yeah. I reckon the, they could have said the Wirrilla caterpillar. Not as vicious. I wonder if we, it's could, cute. Think we could get Greg back. It's really cute, <laughs> but gorillas are probably a better. You want to sort of seem intimidating. Yeah, I agree. I would have voted for gorilla, but caterpillar. I think may have been suggested. Yeah. I mean, it probably would have been. But I think you are pushing that agenda because um, at a recent episode, we found out your nickname is the Earthworm. No, no. Cobra. Oh, sorry. Cobra. But I think Earthworm is one that's catching on for some reason. I don't know about that one. (laughs) Dave, the Earthworm, Warnicky. I reckon your brother Greg. Greg, the Cobra. Yeah. That Uh, makes sense to me. Greg, the Cobra. Warnicky, please. What did I say? Cobra. Oh. That is disgusting. Are they different? No. Yes. This is classic Dave. Classic Hi, Dave. Miss Greg. Yeah, Cobra. Greg, Greg wouldn't be splitting hairs on this. No. He'd just be telling his, his name's Greg. He'd be like, yeah, it's just an accent thing. It's an accent it's thing. fine. I'm Greg. Yeah. And we'd all <laughs> high five. Yeah. Oh, Miss Greg. Oh, Greg. Miss Greg. Anyway, that's, I think I love that so much. So there are... Uh, Country New South Wales rugby team. Got a beautiful jersey, which is like yellow with a blue V on it. Um, I've looked up the Facebook page and it, you know, it tells you what that thing's favourites are. Mm-hmm. Favourite movie, Back to the Future. Great movie. Could have done with a chimp. But yep. apart from that, very good. Their favourite television show is Escape with E.T., a fishing show. Ah, oh, yep. Featuring an ex-rugby player hosting and yep. talking about fishing. Uh, and their favourite sport, interestingly enough... Rugby league. That makes sense. The sport they play. So be good if they were like synchronized swimming. That would be good. Because that's an art. I would and have almost a sport. and almost made it worth me reading it out. <laughs> but I just wanted to flesh out. I wanted to flesh out the Warilla story. Yeah. And I think I've done that. You've done that. So that was everyone's favorite uh, segment. Primate sporting segment mascot. Good. All right, it's hard to get it. Yeah. It's a complicated name and not everyone's going to be able to get it. But it is hard to get something you created. Oh, that's so sweet of you to say, but <laughs> um, I don't think I could could say that I created it. Also, um, James Green uh, messaged in, I might have emailed in to primatespod at gmail.com. And this is not a, pri- a, a primate mascot, uh, but it is a, a, an interesting mascot all the same. There's a school uh, called the Rhode Island School of Design. I believe that is in Rhode Island. Makes sense. Uh, and their sporting mascot is the Nads. Uh, so the crowd cheers, go Nads. Yeah. <laughs> obviously, that's a lot of fun. Uh, the logo for the Nads uh, features a horizontal hockey stick with two nondescript circles at the end of the stick's handle. Just wow. really... They're really leaning into it. Leaning into it. I love that. My co-captain, well, actually, 
we called ourselves co-captains when I was Utah drama captain, but she was actually the vice. I was just being nice and saying, yeah, we're co-captains, we're a team. But like, <laughs> bitch, I don't have vice on my badge. Anyway, her name was Nadia and we called her Nads. And I remember when we first discovered that playing volleyball in PE one time and we yelled, go Nads. And we didn't even realize until we'd said it. And we were like, oh my God, that's so funny. So yeah. Thank you for your time. That's so good. <laughs> the difference between you and the Rhode Island School of Design is they formalized it. Yeah, and I love that about them. Their basketball team, they've called uh, the Balls. And their um, their slogan apparently is, when the heat is on, the balls stick together. <laughs> That's great. Uh, That's so good. The Balls logo consists of two balls next to one another in an irregularly shaped net, kind of like a dick. <laughs> That's great. Uh, this is from the from the the school's Wikipedia page. Lest the sexual message of these teams and logos be lost, the 2001 creation of the school mascot Scroty ended any ambiguity. Oh wow! Whoa. I love that the school is okay with this. You know, I love that it's they're just allowing this to happen. I, I like that too. I mean, it is a school of design and they've obviously, they're on top of the design game there. Mm. Despite the name, Scroti is not merely a representation of a scrotum, but is a seven foot tall penis <laughs> with scrotum and testes at the bottom. Are you making this up? No, but why would I make this up? I mean, I... That's a good question, Dave. Why would he make it up? Seven foot tall penis. All right, mate. Just uh, jealous. Officially, the school has stated that Scrody is only an unofficial mascot. Um, yet, Scrody is featured prominently in, on the school's official website. <laughs> <laughs> A list of mascots that are not our official mascot: Scrody and Entry. It got apparently got too real um, uh, in two thousand and nine, and the. Uh, it wasn't appropriate for younger fans, so it, it became it, it went back to an earlier, more cartoonish appearance. Anyway, bit of fun. That is good fun. Thank you so much, James Green, for bringing that to our attention. Thank you so much. Um, I really do appreciate that. Very briefly, in Circus Watch this week, everyone's favourite segment of the show, uh, Circus Watch this week brings us to India uh, as our man... Andy Serkis, uh, the godfather of this podcast, who's played the king of on-screen primates, Caesar, and also King Kong. Mm. His, I think in the, in the sort of... And Gollum. Castle, you know, of, of on-screen primates, I think you've got King Caesar and then sort of you've got the jester King Kong at dancing at his feet. That yeah. makes sense. And then Gollum, I guess, is the queen. Um, so this week, Andy Serkis is over in Mumbai uh, walking the red carpet for the premiere of Mowgli, which we talked about on last week's episode. Uh, it's the first ever India world premiere of a big budget Hollywood film. Wow, that's Isn't cool. That interesting. Yeah. Well, it's such a big market. And I think that'll surely only happen more and more because of, in part, because it's such a big market. Um, Netflix bought the rights to this, so I think Netflix, Netflix is really trying to do a big push into India, so that's possibly part of that. So, if any mm. Mumbai listeners do bump into him over there, please do drop us a line uh, with the subject line Circus Watch to the email address primatespod 
at gmail.com. I was almost going to throw a mister in, but that would have probably confused things. <laughs> uh, and then that now brings us to everyone's favorite segment on the show. It's the Patreon shout-outs. Uh, you can support this show and other shows in this network, including the Do Go On podcast, which is hosted by Dave, Jess, and myself, and also Book Cheat, which is Dave's podcast that Jess and I have both been guests on mm. uh, in the past and hope to be again if Dave ever invites us on, but, you know. Just still waiting by the phone. <laughs> Always waiting. I'll get my manager, Greg, to give you a call. <laughs> Great. Ah. I, love, I love it. An ape manager. That, that feels like that's the kind of a good role for an ape. Yeah, we've got to be progressive. Yeah. I think, um, I think this is really is one of my favorite segments. So if you do support us on Patreon, which is patreon.com slash pod, uh, you can get a bunch of different um, rewards, like a couple of bonus episodes a month from Do Go On as well as shout-outs on all of the podcasts. And the way we shout-out on uh, Primates Pod is with your favourite primate. So I'm going to read out a few of our uh, Patreon supporters and their favourite primates now. This is from Josie Penning. Her favourite primate is the proboscis monkey. She says that's because anything that gets through life looking like it has a big old ball sack for a nose (laughs) deserves some love. Oh, that's nice. Isn't that nice? Yeah, I like that she's thinking there about how that primate feels. I think Scrody has could a, be yeah. a proboscis. That, would, that feels right. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Stephen Jones says uh, his favourite is the northern sportive lemur. They're less than two feet tall, but when threatened, they assume a boxing stance. Oh, I love that. Yes. I don't think I've heard of these ones. The That's Northern cute. Sportive Lemur. That's so fun. That sounds fun. So good. Thank you so much, Stephen. Thanks so much, Stephen and Josie, for your support. Also, William Young. Uh, he says, definitely King Kong. So hopefully oh. he appreciates this episode <laughs> uh, with King Homer. Because he's just a hopeless romantic who happens to be a 50-foot to 100-foot gorilla. That's a big... <laughs> Difference. <laughs> this is a big difference. I guess over the years, the different portrayals. Well, that's like twice the size. That is, yeah. It's a, if my math is correct. Uh, Dave? That checks out. All right, great. Carry the one. <laughs> uh, and finally, Nick Lean's favorite, which I think is the same with me, is the orangutan. Mm. Uh, he says it can, uh, he can relate to those lanky arms, which again, I definitely can relate to that. Uh, also suggests his other one would be Harambe. As those memes were something else. <laughs> <laughs> they were something else. I think we um we are definitely uh, going to do a, a Harambe episode at one point. Right. Because I, I really don't know much. I miss the whole Harambe memes era of the internet. So sure. I, I'd, I'd be keen to get stuck into that at some point. Um, so that does bring us to the end of the episode. Thanks so much for joining us, Dave and Jess. Where can people find yous? They can find us at the Do Go On podcast, which is the podcast we all host all the time. And yeah, if you want to hear some of the live episodes we've been doing, um, check that out. You can find us most easily probably at dogoonpod.com. Yeah. Um, and uh, our social medias are Do Go On Pod, and that's across uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Jess, your Twitter is always very funny and your Instagram probably even better. Where can people find you on those? That's true. My Twitter is very good. (laughs) I don't tweet very much. Uh, Jess underscore Perkins on Twitter and Jess Perkins on Instagram. Love an Insta story. Love them. Love to just tell stories Mm. through Insta. Yeah. 
It's a beautiful medium for storytelling. It is. I just feel like it's the only way that I can express myself properly. To me, it's it's kind of the modern day silver screen. Thank you. Yes, I I, agree. I think if King Kong was being made today, it would be an Insta story. I agree. Yeah. It's also, it's kind of, it's both. It's the silver screen of today and it's also my diary. Yeah. And it's also the silver screen of tomorrow. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. No, thank you. (laughs) And Dave, where can they find you? Well, I'm also on Instagram, but I've never done a story. He doesn't know how. No, No, and I've I've watched a few people. I've never enjoyed an Instagram story. Um, (laughs) I'm right here. Sorry. What? I just find them dull. I do some delightful stories. But, I mean, I'm not talking about... I haven't seen that many. I've just... Look, a few times I've accidentally... I don't use Instagram. I think it's a very badly designed platform. Oh, my God. I don't like how the comments stack you up. It looks like it was Dave, designed in 1998. Dave, you're using your how can people find you allotted minute in a pretty poor way. Yeah. Oh, uh, but if you want to see me on Instagram, I just eat pies on there. Which uh, started out as a joke and now I've been doing it for four years. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's on the hashtag Dave's Pistagram. Uh, yes. Or Dave Pistagram. Oh, no plural there, I'm oh, afraid. Sorry, but now, you, but you can find me. But basically, I'd love it if you checked out Book Cheat, my pretty new podcast. Uh, well, that just about have both been on, as you mentioned. And if you want to hear me ruin classic books, how about you check it out? That makes it sound like you use them as toilet paper. Yeah, you don't ruin them, you explain them. Yeah, you summarize them. Yes, that's true. You don't ruin them at all. I make it so you don't have to read it. Yeah, that's not ruining it. I You spoil them if someone's about to read it. But then like don't listen to the podcast. Or I shorten them. Yeah. Uh, people can find primate. Oh, your your what was your did you say? Dave Warnicky is your Oh yes, my handle if you want to see my Instagram stories. Yes. Which I'm gonna start now. Oh, okay. I'll do my first ever one. Great. And also book cheat pod is what your book cheat handles are? Yes, at book cheat Great. pod. Uh, if you want to find primates, it's primates pod, P-R-I-M-E-M-A-T-E-S. You probably can see it from your phone right now, but it's primates pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, also at gmail.com is the email address. It would be so cool if you could give us a five-star review. Dave told me that that is what you're meant to do on the podcast. You've got to ask people to do it. Is that right, Dave? Yeah. Well, they can't read your mind, can they? Yeah, I know. If you want something, you've got to ask for you it. you ask for it. It's so, the secret. It put it be... out there. Put it out into the universe. However good or bad you think it is, give me a five-star review and then give me your honest opinion in the message. And I'll read the message, <laughs> but that doesn't affect any sort of algorithms, which I believe yeah. the point of the five-star reviews is it helps um, broaden the audience of the show, which would be so cool. I just want to get that primate knowledge out there in mm. public culture. Mm. And if you want to let me know any sort of uh, future topic, so if you've got any sporting mascots or other funny mascots that you think we should talk about here, um, please get on to me. Probably the email address is the best way. Also, there is um, on my in my Twitter bio, there's a link to a form you can fill out, which is probably an even better way of doing it. The best way. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for joining us, Dave and Jess. Uh, Jess, as we always do. Oh, Dave, actually, maybe you'd be more appropriate to sign off with. Jess, thank you so much for joining us, Dave. We always finish with the catchphrase, and that catchphrase is... Dial B for bananas. That is good stuff. Is 20 good. minutes I worked on that. I yeah. workshopped hundreds of That's those. That's great. Hundreds. Uh, you did well. But B for bananas made it. I mean, there's only 26 letters in the alphabet, mm. so... Okay, four, four for each letter. Yeah, wow. That was some fast maths too. Love that. And then cut a couple. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And if if you uh, dial G, it's for Greg.
our favorite of the Warner Keeper. Yeah, call Greg, my manager. Give me some work, babies. Thanks so much for joining us, everyone. Laters. Bye. Greg. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.